All right. Welcome to a, a very special, weird, and hopefully interesting episode of Middle School Music. I'm one of your hosts, Farhan Lalji, and with me I've got Dario. Dario Debet, how, how are you doing this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, Dario? I am in day, what, what day 15 of, of, of self-isolation, so I haven't lost my mind just yet, but getting there, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dangerously close on some occasions, but, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, we're making the most of it, and I think the fact that so many people are doing it together, um, are kind of feeling it together, is, uh, is hopefully a sign of that we're going to come out the other end stronger and hopefully all right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, at least there's some good content out there on the music side to keep us sane. Today's been a good, a good release date. I think it's been quite interesting that some artists have chosen to pull back on their release campaigns um, and others have chosen to push ahead. Uh, I guess you and I haven't really caught up uh, too much about, about this stuff during the week. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's been a while since, since our last recording where kind of the the pandemic was just kind of starting um, and we weren't quite sure. I mean, the last time we recorded, we were actually in a studio, in a podcast studio kind of recording it. And people might be able to tell probably from the audio quality of whatever recording we end up pushing out that we are doing this over, you know, a virtual connection. Um, thank you to Zoom and Apple's GarageBand uh, <laughs> rather than our usual hosts for, for this recording. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot's, a lot's happened since. I mean, I think we were just at the beginning, we were just talking about you know, certain artists kind of canceling their live concerts. Um, you know, I think the last time we spoke, Glastonbury hadn't officially canceled. They've officially canceled. You know, BTS has canceled more of their tour. Um, I think every artist who is going to promote stuff is is basically, you know, kind of left in a little bit of lim- limbo trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, the most recent ones, in- including kind of The weekend, including John Legend, who's, who's releasing a new album. You know, all of those things are, all of those artists are being impacted. Um, by by the pandemic, completely. I think um, you know it's unfortunate for some. You saw um, people like Jadakus who pulled their release back because of Pop Smoke's death. Um, finally released it. Uh, you know, released the album, and then kind of this happens, and then all of a sudden that that album loses a lot of momentum. I think some people have taken a chance. This week we've seen. Joanna Lucas finally released his ADHD album, um, mm. which has taken a very long time due to a lot of tension with the label. Uh, it's 18 tracks. It's an hour long. And unfortunately, his release strategy has been an absolute blowout. So you've seen around seven tracks have already been released. So, you know, out of the other 11, uh, two, or oh, sorry, three are skits. So essentially, you yeah. don't have much new music from him. Um, not saying that the tracks weren't good. I think they were good. But when you've released more than half your album, you kind of run into the same problem that 50 Cent had in 2007 with Curtis, which is why he lost to Kanye West in that, in that, um, in that competition, because majority of the album leaked. Um, we saw Jessie Ray's uh, release her first debut album on, on a label. Uh, I guess her... Her first single will be Coffin, which features Eminem. They seem to have a good chemistry. Um, that album is actually called um, Before Love Came to Kill Us. It's uh, 46 minutes, 14 tracks. It's got features from Black as well as Eminem. Uh, it's, a, it's a very introspective album. I think it's very personal. I read a, a post on Instagram talking about how she actually delayed the album 
so that she could make sure that it was perfect and, and really um, reflected her, her life and her views. And, and, you know, I appreciate introspective music. I think it takes a lot for people to put themselves out there and be vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, I think if you haven't taken a chance to listen to it, take a chance. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been going through the New Music Friday playlist from last week and this week and, you know, been playing a lot of the weekend tracks. It's interesting you mentioned kind of the Jonah Lucas stuff where he, a lot of his music was already released. I think the weekend was kind of like um, hovering a fine balance, if you will, right? So he kind of released, I think, two or three tracks um, before the album. So it still feels like there's still a lot of, you know, unheard music there comparatively to what we had already heard compared to the Jonah Lucas stuff where you've heard uh, a lot of that album already. Uh, and I've been, you know, kind of interested to kind of see that there's a, a new Childish Gambino um, album yeah. as well, which is... Uh, Looks really interesting. I, I mean, to be honest, there's one track um, so far that I've I've heard, and I wasn't too thrilled. But but I'm still kind of hopeful for that that album. I think it's a uh, three fifteen twenty um, is the album title, which I'm guessing is a uh, a kind of nod to the the date in American format, and and it'll be interesting to see what those tracks are like. Have you have you given that a listen yet? I haven't. And on the forums, people do talk about it. Uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Weekends album. I kind of found it a bit weird because I felt like the the promotional tracks were were high energy. I liked it. Yeah. Um, the album itself, again, very introspective, very personal. I think it's a lot to do with his relationship or previous relationship with Bill Hadid. Um, the, there's a, a drum and bass type song in there. There are a couple of things, but listening to it from cover to cover is quite a struggle. Um, I think it can be a little bit depressing in these times of self-isolation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if, if people are looking for some positivity or upbeat stuff, um, the new Dua Lipa album is, is also, I, I believe, coming, or at least she's released uh, a large number or a large volume of, of tracks. Actually, yeah, Future Nostalgia uh, is out now. Um, and that, to me, has been, been pretty good. Like the three or four tracks that have come out to follow up, like tracks like Physical... Uh, and Don't Start Now, which were released a little while ago, um, Hallucinate and a couple of others feel like like pretty good tracks. So um, if you're looking for upbeat, fun, um, you know, music to kind of take you away, I think the Dua Lipa stuff is really, really good from a bubbly pop perspective that people can can hopefully dance around in their homes to. Totally. I see Party Next Door finally released an album. I, I don't really listen to him. I've never really found this stuff that interesting, um, but it is out there. And I see your, your mate T-Pain has released a track with G-Eazy, so maybe he's making a bit of a comeback, or at least trying to. But my mate T-Pain is a bit of a stretch there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well man. trying to have some fun. Indeed, um, indeed. <laughs> talking of, of coronavirus, uh, you know, in our last episode, we touched on the potential impacts, or should I say, the emergent impacts it was having on the likes of South by Southwest and, and uh, the likes of Coachella. Uh, you know, it's obviously spilled over into a variety of, of various other events. Um, I see, you know, talking about the likes of BTS, they've had to cancel their entire North American tour. Um, you know, I think uh, artists are are going to struggle to make money. Um, you know, I, I guess it's a good time for them to, to produce. I think it's quite actually interesting because artists complain they don't have time to make music because they're touring because they need to make money, but now they can't tour. So, you know, we can go into the whole live stream event thing like we've spoken about before, but 
I think it gives them a good chance to actually continue to focus on fan engagement on their social platforms and actually get a chance to produce some good new music. And hopefully when all of this, when all of this turmoil finishes, we can have a great summer with a lot of awesome releases. I don't know if maybe I'm being too optimistic here. What do you think? No, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we like to talk about the baby boom that could come as a result of this or, or the divorce boom. Um, similarly, I think with music, um, hopefully people are taking the time to write, to produce. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of an, an interesting time for how people make music, uh, just because I think virtual collaboration uh, started, you know, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, but now it feels like the tools are much better um, in order to kind of share music, in order to self-produce in kind of home studios. Um, a lot of the producers um, are, you know, kind of making music in their own homes in a really high quality way. So I think at least from a demos and an early production perspective, I think we will definitely see a, a lot of, you know, hopefully good music come out of the other side. The interesting thing to be for me will be like how much of it is actually you know kind of topical versus how much of it is you know your your classic kind of love songs versus your you know kind of other kind of material um some interesting kind of books and content and podcasts that i've been reading talk about the last pandemic with the spanish flu um and it's really interesting that you know the government in the u.s uh, wasn't allowing people to talk about it so the only people who really made music that actually talked about the situation um, were blues and jazz artists uh, in that time. Um, the early kind of blues and the early jazz artists in the 1910s um, during that kind of 1918 pandemic. So it'll be interesting to see now with kind of more speech being free in, in all of these markets to see if people do actually talk about, you know, both the effects of it socially, politically, and economically, um, as well as emotionally and mentally um, as well. I'm sure like people will have a lot of angst and that angst, if they channel it and if they do talk about what they're going through. It'll be interesting to see what the topical nature is of the music that comes out then. It's a very good point. Um, I kind of wonder how that would go because I think maybe in the more hipster hop type genres, the more kind of mind right playlist on Spotify, the, the Kendricks, the TDE type artists, at least from a hip hop perspective, or Oyster 5-9, et cetera, might focus more on that. Um, I don't know it would be great. It'd be great to, to kind of hear more, more music in that, in that way. I think as much as we expect a variety of industries to be changed forever, I, I, I wonder or I ponder about the impact it will have on the music industry, whether it be a kind of, um, a, 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 what, what's the inflection point, sorry. Um, in, in how music is, is consumed, produced, um, and, and how artists look at focusing on their content in terms of monetization. I know we've seen Spotify has now got the donate, the donate button, which they've included, which is actually super interesting because Patreon has been about that. So um, what I find funny is why this didn't happen sooner. Um, it, it, it potentially disrupts that landscape. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the point about sooner is, is an interesting one. Um, you know, I think having a pandemic like this and people being forced to be at home just kind of forces the innovation side, right? Like we've talked about previously about the likes of Marshmallow on Fortnite. Um, and it was interesting to see how, you know, the uh, artists were doing the whole together at home stuff. So the stuff that, um, you know, Chris Martin from Coldplay started and then you had John Legend and then all of a sudden you had, you know, everybody from Shawn Mendes to Nal Horan to all sorts of artists kind of following up on the together at home hashtag. Now it'll be interesting to see if that gets monetized, right? 
So if you can turn those kind of home concerts on Instagram into actual monetized content, I think that will be really fascinating to see if that kind of makes up any income. Because if you think about it, you know, yeah, you do 20,000 people a night in London's O2 Arena, or you're able to, to get millions um, and not have to kind of like do all the road setup or the stage setup or whatever. So, you know, from a net margin perspective, I wonder if the economics will make sense for artists to be able to, to do more of those kind of things now that they're being forced to initially. And if that will kind of be the way, at least kind of a, a viable means for artists to make income, um, leveraging the technology that they're having to do kind of right now. It's one thing for them to kind of like shout out charities. It'll be another thing if they can actually monetize it for their own personal gains. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's, uh, it's a very unique time. I think, you know, we talk about the GFC or the global financial crisis in 2008 and you've got the dot-com bubble or these events. And, and those events were typically financial services driven events. Um, and I mean, the impacts were, were, were dire. And, and then you look at the, the US joblessness report that was released yesterday and you just go, wow, this is a whole nother sphere because it's impacting people holistically and uh, the trickle down effects on the consumption of media and entertainment um, and in particular music and how um, that impacts the likes of live performances. You know, you were just mentioning to me earlier, Farhan, about how, um, uh, you know, you're starting to actually see based on our previous episode, how live events are starting to emerge. And you've got the likes of Chris Martin that was putting together. If, maybe fill the listeners a little bit in on that. I remember you sharing that with me. Yeah, I was just saying that like Chris Martin, uh, John Legend started with the whole um, you know, kind of element of um, together at home is the hashtag. They, they did it on Instagram Live. Um, and now you're seeing kind of the other artists, the Shawn Mendes and the Nile Horns. Um, you know, kind of I think it's, it started because artists were bored. Um, and then they collaborated, collaborated with some of the charities that were looking to kind of monetize that. And the point that I was just making earlier is just that it'll be interesting if it transitions, right, from uh, together at home because, you know, it's early stages of the pandemic to once people are able to kind of gather and socialize together again, um, it'll be really interesting to kind of see if, you know, kind of artists can monetize that, that channel for themselves um, in the future. Uh, you know, I think they can. I think they will. I think there will be alternatives. I think you won't see the death of the tour or the death of the festival, um, at least anytime soon. But I do think, um, you know, people will take this advantage or, or take this kind of situation to their advantage and will kind of modify behaviors. I mean, we're seeing that in education. We're seeing that in healthcare, collaboration around research. So it does kind of bear to reason that you would also see this in the way people monetize their, their artistry, right? Um, now, whether it's, you know, kind of how that evolves from like smaller club dates for smaller artists versus kind of your big concert type or big uh, stadium touring types, right? It'll be interesting to see who's able to monetize it in a more effective means over the longer term. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it will be interesting to see how people, um, what their so-called quote unquote risk appetite is when it comes to to getting out into the world again and going to festivals and, and, and going to big concerts. And it's funny because, uh, you know, we traditionally talked of, in multiple episodes, we talked about stadium artists and, you know, the likes of the Chris Martins and the Coldplays, but now there's a growing case for this kind of very personal, localized, intimate performance um, from that aspect. 
which is which is really cool. Something which which I mentioned to you, and I'm sure a couple of people have been sent this, but there's this kind of uh, WhatsApp chain going around of a, a band I believe called Pentatonics. Um, Pentatonics, yeah, Pentatonics. Uh, they're 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 a great kind of uh, a cappella group. I mean, well. I mean, this is an eight, it's supposedly 8D technology and you listen with your brain and not your ears uh, when you put headphones in. Now, I thought this was some like weird joke, you know, where, where there'll be some, some hidden agenda. But actually, you do feel the music from outside. It's almost as if you're in a live concert venue. Uh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. I think, you know, whoever positioned this, it's a great market time to market. Um, and uh, it's really great to see that we're finding new forms of innovation in the industry. Um, I, I, I kind of look forward to seeing how this evolves over time, whether it's a gimmick, I, I don't know. But then again, you know, we want to know how long we're going to be in quarantine for, how long is a piece of string. <laughs> so yeah. you, you, you could find some, some really good, good bits of innovation there. So on that note, Dario, maybe we should kind of wrap up after this, but maybe just talking a little bit about how we're coping. Right. So, you know, like what, what, I mean, I'll tell you some of my kind of coping strategies and some of the things around, you know, with music, having, you know, four distinct tastes for music in the house, right. For us, it's a bit of a challenge, right? Like, so one of the things that we're going to try to do this weekend is make a, a, a family playlist, a morning family playlist where we're all going to add tracks that, you know, we all like, and then we're going to just put it on Spotify and shuffle. Um, and then every week we'll be able to kind of come back to it but I'm using Fridays as kind of new music days and Saturdays as old school education days. Okay. And Sundays as my prep days. As I was telling you earlier, I think scheduling and trying to have some kind of routine um, is definitely helpful towards kind of like counting days or, or getting through weeks um, on that side. You know, like I think it's really difficult to, to just kind of, you know, argue over who gets control of the music in which room. Um, so we're, we're trying to kind of like collaborate and kind of add to each other's kind of musical taste, but also give each other space to listen in, in this house. I wonder if you've got any tips as, as somebody, I mean, are you trying to spend the time going through back catalog? Are you just looking at new music? How are you kind of engaging with music over this time? I, I like that approach, by the way. It's really cool. It makes it exciting. Um, I think um, uh, for me, really, it's just about how I'm feeling at the time. Um, it's, it's kind of weird, I think. You know, today, for example, admittedly, new music's out. So I'm like, oh, new Joanna Lucas album. Going to listen to that when I train or, you know, or, or this is interesting. You know, I want to hear what Jesse Rez is talking about. I've heard a lot about this album. Um, otherwise, I sometimes go on to my on repeat. Um, I think it's important to listen to stuff that is more high energy and uh, kind of thought, uh, well, less thought provoking, more high energy. I think there's a time and a place for everything, of course. But for me, really, it's about, trying to ensure you're maximizing your productivity levels, considering we're both in a lucky, we were both fortunate enough to be able to be uh, uh, uninterrupted in terms of work. Um, And it's important though to ensure productivity is maximized considering the constraints we we live in. Um, Well, just like everyone else in the world right now, what? I think uh, in terms of, of some of the introspective stuff, it's more, it's more on a chill basis. I've been listening to a lot of Russ. I really, really like what he's doing. Um, and I also actually, you know, talking of music, like to, to listen to a lot of um, YouTube interviews of artists. Uh, it, it's really great understanding the rationale for why they put records out. And um, I think that that's, 
you know, for me though, the difference is I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of by myself here. So, you know, I, I don't, I can't really play music roulette, unfortunately. Um, but overall, it's, uh, it's good to, to, as I say, keep listening to what you're interested in. The back catalog stuff is, is quite interesting you ask because it get, I go through phases where I'm like into it and then I get over it and then I look for a bit of new stuff and there's not much new stuff and then you go back. So you're kind of dipping in and out all the time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I wonder if, and I hadn't discussed this with you before the podcast, so um, I'm, I'm curious to hear your take, but I wonder if this week, if we update the Spotify playlist with just some upbeat tracks that we're listening to, maybe at this kind of time, it'll also help some other people if we're kind of curating a list of po- music with positivity um, to, to hopefully help everybody kind of get through this time together. And maybe we could do that on an ongoing basis as long as, you know, we're in quarantine. Totally agree. I like that. The COVID ni- the middle school COVID-19 playlist, it's pretty much I like it. a whole bunch of, of abbreviations. Uh, I yeah, I like, I like that idea. That's, that's a good plan. So, so basically that means no deep music, just, just stuff to keep you happy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. On, on that note, um, you know, I feel like we've, we've hopefully given the, the listeners a good amount of content, hopefully cheered some people up, given them some new stuff to listen to. Um, I think, I think we're good. Daria, is there anything else you wanted to, to cover on this podcast? I don't, I guess it's, it's, uh, what it's the weekend, but what, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I hope everybody's staying safe, uh, feeling healthy. Um, I hope your families and I hope all of your friends and everyone in your lives, uh, are doing okay, um, at this tough time. And, and hopefully we will keep you posted with more middle school music over the next few weeks. Um, we'll try and see how this experiment works and hopefully we can keep doing this more. Yeah, I agreed. I think it's, uh, I can't stress enough the importance of reaching out to people, you know, uh, sometimes just that text or that phone call can mean the world or zoom call can mean the world of a difference. Um, check in with your families if you can't be with them and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be, we'll be back soon. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been middle school music. I'm with, with one of your hosts Farhan, and you can find me on Twitter on at Farhan Lalji. You can find us on Twitter on at middle school MDL SQL SK. Oh man, we're going so well. I'm going to leave that one in just for fun. You can find us on Twitter at MDL SKL underscore music. And Dario, where can the good listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter on at Dario underscore Devet with a W. With a W. And that's Farhan with an F. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Oh. All right, ciao, bye.